If you enjoy listening to Voices in Cloud, check out David Linthicum's reports on gigaohm.com. They're about data complexity and cloud solutions, addressing many of the topics covered in this podcast series. Hey guys, welcome to the GigaOM Voices in Cloud podcast. This is the one place where you hear from industry thought leaders providing no-nonsense advice on how to succeed with cloud computing, IoT edge computing, and cognitive computing. I'm Dave Linthicum, best-selling author, speaker, executive, and B-list geek. And joining me today is my special guest, uh, Steve. Steve, how do you pronounce your last name? Mulaney? Mulaney, you got it. There you go. Awesome. I, we, we didn't do that in the pre-show. I always think that sounds too formal. So give us the uh, Steve... Give us the Steve Mullaney story. How did you become uh, where you are today? And also love to know how you became CEO. I've, I've been CEO a couple of times, and it's always yeah. interesting how those happen. So uh, I moved out to Silicon Valley in 1985 from uh, Rhode Island. I wanted to, wanted to go to Silicon Valley. thought I'd go for a couple of years. That was, uh, you know, 35 years or so ago. Uh, obviously never left. Um, and went to Synoptics in uh, 1988 as an engineer. I worked on actually before 10 base T, if you can believe that, LatticeNet UTP it was called. I was an engineer and I stayed there for 10 years through the Wellfleet Synoptics uh, merger, you know, uh, destruction, whatever you want to call it. And, um, and then I did a bunch of startups um, and I was, I had become VP of marketing and a bunch of different startups. And then, um, then I went to Palo Alto Networks. I was uh, like employee number 25 there. It was VP of marketing, first VP of marketing. And then uh, I became interim CEO. That's kind of how I became CEO. I, I, uh, um, they made a change at the CEO position and the board put me in as an interim. And I was interim CEO for six months and I absolutely loved it. And I've o- I was always a VP of marketing that, that always ran the business. I was not like the Marcom type, you know, looking at colors. I was the guy who was, you know, my background is engineering, product management, marketing. So, you know, I, I knew product, I, I knew the markets and I always focused on driving the business. And so I just, I just loved being the CEO, even though it was interim. Um, I loved it. And then I said, you know what? Um, I'd been VP of marketing for a dozen years and just said, you know what? Time, now's the time to be CEO, but I wasn't going to be CEO of some crappy little company that a lot of times the boards give you which is as a first time CEO, they, I, they give you what I call that naked in the woods, cold, lost and eating themselves. And they say, you're probably going to die, but that's a risk we're willing to take. Uh, here you go. I said, screw that. Um, so I wanted to go early. And I said, where do the early companies come from? They come from Stanford, right? Sun, Cisco, you know, VMware, et cetera. List that's a list, every company coming from there. And that's when I, um, I connected with uh, Martin Casado um, who had started Nasira, and that's what I was looking for. It was literally nine PhDs and a dog and a big idea. And um, I decided to leave Palo Alto, which everyone thought I was absolutely nuts because the company was just taking off, to go to this company that nobody even understood, network virtualization. And this was, you know, 10 years ago. And what are you doing? And I just said, this is the way the world's going. I see it. This is happening. Um, and why not us? And so we ended up getting bought by VMware for a billion three. A few years later, I stayed at VMware for a couple of years. And now NSX is, you know, I think on almost a $2 billion run rate at VMware, completely saved the company. Um, and it was a fantastic thing. And then, and then five years ago, I, uh, I basically kind of semi-retired, just went and, and, and went on boards and said, that's it, I'm done. And uh, nine months ago, the world changed. 
And uh, all this thing that we've been talking about cloud for the last 12 years for big enterprises, where all the money has always been and always will be, big enterprise IT, they now, nine months ago, on a, on a Tuesday, it felt like, just like what happened in client server, they all decided they're going to move to cloud. And so I was on the board of Aviatrix, and um, I just said, and they were looking for a new CEO to, to take them to new levels of where they wanted to get to. And I looked and I said, this is just a thousand foot wave that is 10 times bigger than the last wave of mainframe to client server. And I said, I got to go do this. So I'm back in the game as CEO of Aviatrix. Got it. Along, but that gives you the 35 year history of me. There you go. So what does Aviatrix do? So we, we, we provide networking and security services for the multi-cloud enterprise. And we embrace and extend the constructs of the best underlay the world has ever delivered of the hyperscalers, AWS, Azure, Google, you know, Alibaba, you know, Oracle, all the public cloud infrastructure. And you think about it, that's where networking and security, the infrastructure is going, is going into the public cloud. But I need to, I need to be able to provide a common set of networking and security services that abstract away the low-level constructs that those clouds provide. That's what Aviatrix does. Got it. And so what are the key products you guys sell in the marketplace? I, honestly, it's all it's uh, it's not products, it's services, right? That's the that's the key thing. In the old world, in the client server world, you sold a box, right? Here's my box, it has these ports, these are the features, and you get what you get. Um, we've taken more of a it, it honestly, it's more of an Amazon type model, right? Where it's services. And we're releasing, you know, new, new features and new services every four to six weeks, right? I mean, so it's, you know, call it software eating the world, call it software defined. It doesn't matter what you call it. Basically, the velocity that you get when your software services that are riding on top of this amazing underlay called the public cloud infrastructure, the velocity that which you can deliver networking and security services is, is, is just unbelievable. Yeah, well, you guys are selling services, but your services are a product. I guess that's that's kind of absolutely thing. yeah. And so things that we what you would imagine a lot. It's similar. It's it's networking. It's security. Um, it's operational services. So networking. It's I need to connect uh, 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 users. So I have to have you know that they need to be VPN in. I need to connect sites into the cloud. I need to um, interwork you know, VPCs, I need to provide egress filtering out to the internet. I need to provide, you know, security functionality, security groups, um, uh, micro segmentation, you know, being able to divide things up, you know, who can go where policy based. Um, I've got to be able to, and I've got to be able to do this, not just within multiple regions within AWS, but also across um, VNets and Azure and, and VPCs and Google. Um, and I want to be able to do this in a, in a, in a common single dashboard, right? I want someone to provide this, this, this orchestration and delivery of these, of these services. And that's what we do. Let's talk about the orchestrations. I just got done with a huge report I did for GigaOM in terms of multi-cloud complexity and how we're dealing with different layers of thing on top of it. And we're getting into abstraction and automation and the ability to kind of solve issues that way. How do you guys mm -hmm. play into that? And what, what would what would the reason that a, a Global 2000 Enterprise CEO, CIO, would want to pick up the phone and call you guys if he's moving to two or three public clouds is basically as his in-state solution? Yeah. So even 
so so the migration the, the the migration that the journey that people make right and this started literally nine and i'm talking big enterprise right not not early adopters and that's the crazy thing that people don't understand is they think just because aws is 30 billion dollar run rate that we've crossed the chasm we haven't we just crossed it six months ago that's that's the thing that's what's so nuts about this and the big enterprises and i'm talking about it now not not a DevOps guy, not a cloud ops guy. I'm talking about old IT, the guy that's been in the industry for 30 years. And this is the enterprise computing, right? Is now moving into the cloud. Um, and even when you're just an AWS, so AWS mantra for the last 12 years has been go build. And it's worked wonderfully for them because for the last 12 years, anyone going into the cloud is all about being a builder. It's about a DevOps, it's about cloud ops, it's, it's not regular IT. And so it's more about, hey, I just, I'm building an app, I need to spin this thing up quickly, and boom, I go. Um, that mantra of go build does not work for the IT team. They go, what? Go build. They're like, yeah, here's a screwdriver, here's some power tools, and they're like, I'm gonna cut my hand off. I need, I need to move into a house that's fully furnished. I'm not building anything. Right. I need to, somebody's got to build it for me. And so even within AWS, the constructs that AWS give you are too low level. And, and also when you get into the complexities of networking, what you very quickly realize is it's, it's architected for the many. Right. And when you're a big enterprise, you can't take the low level, you know, well, it, it, it's good for everyone. Well, no, I, I'm, you know, I'm United Airlines. It's not good for me. I have these special needs. And when you start peeling the onion back, what you realize is there's a lot of holes and, 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 and rough edges and gaps in even what Amazon will, will deliver. And so I need, to, I need to smooth those edges and I need somebody to orchestrate you know, and manage and provide the operational tools for me from a, even just within you know, multiple regions within Amazon. Then when you get into Azure and Google, so then what our customers say is, look, maybe I even configure some things out with Amazon, but the constructs and the tools that Azure and Google are completely different. So now what? Now I got to go learn that language? That's never going to happen. So I want somebody to abstract that away from me because I have not met one enterprise yet who says they're not going to be in multiple clouds. And they're not going to be in multiple clouds. Some people think, oh, because they're going to arbitrage the clouds and they're going to move a workload. BS, they're not moving workloads, right? That's never going to happen. Why it's multiple is they go, well, I got some stuff in Azure because I'm using Office 365 and I got credits and this, and it's good for AI and, and I've got AWS because that's where my DevOps guys started and that's where the app guys went. And then I got Google for this and I got Oracle because I got some old apps that use Oracle databases. And it just, it just, it, they right size it. They just, they put the apps where it just seems to make sense. And before you know it, you've got three or four clouds and there's no way they want to handle all the abstractions and low level details across all of those. So that's where you guys come in, the ability to kind of remove us from having to deal with complexity. If I'm uh, yep. speaking as an yep. CIO. It's, it's, it's all about creating simplicity and, and look, you know, networking, I mean, uh, huge, you know, just lots of respect for Cisco as a company and what they were able to do in the old, you know, client server, you know, computing model. They dominated. Now, it took them 12 years to dominate, but they dominated, right? I mean, everybody knows that. Um, 
their their business philosophy was to create complexity and then be the only one to solve it right and and i don't know if that was their their stated philosophy but they certainly can try to get around that because it, it benefited them right like if i make it really complex we're the only ones who's smart enough to actually be able to handle on it and you need to go with us end to end and so i think in the cloud model what we're doing is actually trying to create simplicity right networking is complex security is complex you're not going to make it, you know, and so creating simplicity is, 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 is the way to go as opposed to managing the complexity. And that's what we try to do. And that tends to be kind of the cloud model in general, right? If I can, if I can hide a lot of that uh, complexity and create simplicity, it's going to allow people to focus on other aspects of, of, of the job that they need to work on. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir. In fact, we uh, developed a new TLA, um, three-letter three letter acronym, uh, Cloud Complexity Management, the ability to kind mm. of leverage security abstractions and yeah. automation and orchestration to kind of remove us from, you know, some of the native features that are out there. I think, um, and that's related to the report I just released on GigaOM, and, and really looking at that as some sort of key enabling technology for people to get right in order for them to kind of get by, um, you know, what I call kind of the uh, chapter two or the second generation of cloud-based systems, because yeah. things are become so complex that we have uh, so much operational complexity, we're just unable to get the ROI back from the system. And from the systems we're migrating, in many cases, we're gonna be at negative value. We don't pay yep. attention to this currently. So when yep. do you get engaged for, and this is always a, a key you know, thing for me. So you got enterprises that have been, you know, we're going to move to the cloud and we're going to move some stuff to the cloud and we just move stuff to the cloud and now we're going to move more systems to the cloud and now we're going to move all our systems to the cloud. What part do you typically get engaged with the enterprises? Not when you should be engaged, but when you're actually being called in. So it's changed. So, so I would say there's kind of before the big uh, event, which literally was like, I don't know if you remember in, you know, the 1992 timeframe, you know, think back to when we were going from mainframe to client server. Client server was, I was there, was treated as a toy. It was for print sharing in work groups. It was not real computing. PCs, give me a break. Servers, are you kidding me? That's not mission critical, five nines, you know, that's SNA, IBM SNA, right? And they were ridiculed. And then it, it, there was a turning point in 1992 or somewhere around that time where all of a sudden ip was the only protocol that mattered right i mean it just overnight and all of a sudden it was like every enterprise said they're going to a pc client server architecture and it, and it built the whole industry that we effectively from infrastructure we've architected around for the last 30 years and i saw that same thing happen nine months ago so before nine months ago it was very different. It was very much, hey, I, I'm, a, I'm a DevOps guy. I got this app. I got to spin it. So it was very tactical and non-strategic. Post nine months ago, and this is where we're getting just inundated with enterprises because the way enterprises move, they move like a herd. They is a hundred million buffalo all running this way now. Like they don't, they wait. And that's, that's Jeffrey Moore's crossing the chasm. When it happens, like look out. And so they're all moving. And what's happening now is they all go, it's just like, if you were going to build a city, you say, okay, now we're going to go build a city. What would you do? You'd put in basic infrastructure first. Guess what? Networking and security is basic infrastructure. So before the enterprises even put their, their apps 
and their users, I've got to build out, I got to get power, electricity, gas, you know, roads, I got to get basic infrastructure. So networking is and security is basic infrastructure. I've got to lay all that out before I start bringing the people into the city, right? If you want to architect it correctly. So what I've noticed is it's all about architecture because every IT guy knows poor architecture means your life is horrible forever. Great architecture, your life is pretty good. And so they're, they're, they're architecting their infrastructure now, you know, and, and that's why we get brought in very early. So what I'm noticing, every single title of the people I'm talking to is all IT. It's, it's the guys I worked with 30 years ago at Synoptics, right? This is, this is IT guys, and we are building out the infrastructure in this new area, leveraging cloud. And so, you know, one of the things I think we, 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 we pitched to you was the, the, the theme of the data center is dead, long live the data center. The on-prem data center is dead. It is over, done, put a fork in it. That is, a, that is, a, that is, a, is an expense area for every enterprise. They're getting out of that. And, but long live the data center. It's just, they're building out their infrastructures now. It just happens to be running on the public cloud infrastructure as opposed to their own private infrastructure. But all the things they cared about, compliance and security and policy and operations and all those things, they still care about. Architecture, it matters, right? It's just, it's just slightly different, right? Um, that's, the, that's the thing I think to change that I see for us is we're getting pulled in because we are basic infrastructure. We're getting pulled in early and, and it's right now. So what do you think you're, you guys are going to be working on in two years? The same problems you're solving now, or is it going to be another set of issues that you guys are going to have to address? I think in two years, in two years, uh, the game, effectively, the game is going to be over in the sense that uh, Aviatrix will be, right now, there's only one reason people aren't using Aviatrix, only one reason. They never heard about us. In two years, everyone will have heard about us and the game will be over and they'll all be using us. Um, because that's the thing also in cloud. It took Cisco 12 years to be dominant. It's going to take us two. Because the speed at which things happen in the cloud is just like zero friction. Um, and I think the things that we'll be working on, um, look, this is, this is the next 20, 30 years, probably more, right? This is the last big wave of IT transformation that I will ever see in my lifetime right? It's not going to happen, right? Um, and I think what we'll be working on, honestly, is are a lot of the, you know, it never ends. Like, like look at Cisco in the last, last model. Did they ever stop working on things? No, they kept working on things for 30 years. We'll have things we're working on for 30 years. But, you know, I think going forward, there'll be a tremendous amount, I think, on the operational side, right? Visibility, right? Um, being able to, to the manageability, debugability, because people say, well, what happens if something goes wrong? Don't worry about it. It won't go wrong. Yeah. You can't say that to an IT guy. He knows. Well, don't worry about this. Is, uh, you don't need to know what's going on under here. No, I do. Because when it breaks, I'm going to get fired. So I need visibility tools. I need monitoring tools. I need all those kinds of things. And I think because of where we sit as a effectively the, the 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 central global controller of your of your forwarding of your traffic effectively there's a lot of insight that we can have that we can leverage into optimization for cost optimization for security optimization for performance and so forth
as well as optimization for you know troubleshooting and things like that. So I think I think that will be a long, long tail of features and functionality that we'll be working on for a long time. So where can, where can we find more about uh, Aviatrix on the web? I mean, aviatrix.com, of course, is probably the good place to start. Um, and that's the other beautiful thing about what happens right now. You know, in the old, you know, you think about client server. Okay, I'm interested. Okay, what do I need to do? Well, I got to call somebody. I got to get a hold of a, of a box. I got to ship it out there. I got to do a POC. It's exhausting. It takes you years. Guess what's great about this? Go on to, go on to get an account in AWS, which everybody has. Spin it up, right? Do your own POC. We, I mean, we're getting hundreds of people doing this. We don't even contact, right? And they come up and they try it and they put up a couple of work uh, use cases. Let me spin up some some gateways. Bah, 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 bah. Before you know it, you know, for fifty bucks a month, you can you can do a POC, and we're not even involved. So yes, you can go to the web, but I would say more importantly, <laughs> go to AWS Marketplace and 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 spin it up and try it out that that's what a lot of our customers do and once you start doing that then you're like my god this is exactly what i need right and you just start trying you just start using it that's that's the wonderful and then what we notice is all of a sudden they're spending 500 bucks a month then all of a sudden it's a thousand then it's two thousand then it's five thousand then it's twenty thousand where'd this come customer come from i don't know never heard of them they did it all themselves that's that's the power of of cloud. Yeah, I couldn't say it better myself. So go out there and give it a try. It's pretty much uh, almost free, uh, and um, you we're able to access resources that were unheard of just a few years ago. Anyway, please pick up a copy of my book, Cloud Computing and Civil Convergence, available on Amazon and other places books are sold. Also, please make sure to follow me on Twitter at David Linthicum, L-I-N-T-H-I-C-U-M, as well as LinkedIn, where I have several cloud computing courses on LinkedIn Learning. So Steve, where can we find you on the uh, on the web, your personal stuff? Uh, I don't really do a lot of stuff on the, I mean, I would just say on LinkedIn is probably the, it's probably the best way to connect with me. Yeah, check out Steve, good at Adam as a contact. I think it's a, it's a good idea, ultimately, where his, where his uh, organization is heading and uh, we should arm ourselves with as much technology understanding as we can, I think as we're prepared to, to go do battle with cloud complexity. So until next time, best of luck in building your cloud computing solutions. We'll talk to you guys real soon. Take care. If you enjoyed this episode of Voices in Cloud, please check out the other ones. Removing hybrid and multi-cloud complexity is the focus of a report that David wrote for GigaOM Research. To find out more about taking IT to the next level, download the single report or subscribe to GigaOM Research for future forward advice on data-driven technologies, operations, and business strategies.